Too fast for the naked eye. Sonic the Hedgehog. Put some clothes on those eyes, and then you do can you, see them. Do you think Sonic moves so fast that the creators of the latest Sonic the Hedgehog movie had no idea what they were drawing? Um, I mean, it's a pretty basic cartoon. Round ball, stick legs, not hairy pajama legs that look like weird triangles. Well, apparently they... Uh, they were going to make Sonic look like the Sonic that we all have come to love and adore. But then, I don't know if it was like the studios or something like that. They were like, oh, that would look too weird. And so then they decided to go with some weird abomination alien thing that they created. Yeah, it, it's interesting. Um, that's for sure. So what's up, everybody? Welcome to Scene on Screen. You got Sean, you got David. We're here talking about everything that's interesting and some things that are not of course um and we're starting right away with sonic the hedgehog because we think well i I, I get the worst over with first yeah i mean like this is like eating poo yeah i guess the the, the sonic poo i i was trying to make like a like a a pie crust like eating the pie crust first it's like eating a meat pie crust first but the whole meat pie is Cross. Gross. Any, anyways, so full disclaimer: when I heard about Sonic originally, and I heard Jim Carrey was involved, I thought Jim Carrey was actually going to voice Sonic, or you know, be in a fat suit. Yeah, actually, his Doctor Robotnik looked very evil. I liked that. I thought that yeah, was kind of cool. He doesn't look like Doctor Eggman at all. That's because wasn't he Doctor Robotnik, not Doctor Eggman? Isn't that the same person? I thought they were two different people. I think they just started calling him Eggman to start making fun of him because he was oh. round like an egg. Oh, I don't yeah. Know. You know what? They are there. They're one and the same. And that's how you do not research properly. <laughs> Actually, that like I mean, the game is very. There's no real they, stories to them. Yeah. Dr. Ivo are, but... Eggman Robotnik. Yeah, I mean, some of the games you actually had to like chase down Robotnik and yeah. stuff, but those were more the 3D games. I don't know. Like, I I feel like they took the a good idea, you know. Well, uh, sorry, let's not say good idea. Let's they took an idea and put it into a video game movie, much like ha- what has been done in the past with great cinematic masterpieces like Resident Evil One through Thirteen. Um, what was it? What was the one that? Uh, oh, Postal. Did you ever see the Postal movie? No. He like shoots kids in that movie. It's kind of weird. Um, pretty much every video game movie ever made, except for Silent Hill. Did you? No, watch, don't you don't the, say the, Silent Hill was good. Silent Hill was brutal. No, like the first one. Yeah, it, it, was, it was like. <laughs> I think there was a fire here. Yeah, the whole city just burned down. <laughs> Yeah, okay, like, it's, it's, <laughs> obviously it has its corny parts, but I think that was, like, one movie based off of a video game where they incorporated parts of the games that everyone knows into the movie, and it wasn't totally awful. Like, they had Pyramid Head in there, they had the weird creepy nurse things, and then, like, that weird blobby person thing. That was okay. Then the second one, like, the 3D one, that just turned into, like, a gore film or something like that but uh with with sonic they literally took everyone's 
favorite memories <laughs> and like put them through a blender and then just they're like this is this is your childhood right here and you hear that like iconic ring sound and you're like cool they incorporated rings into the movie somehow like mario in the mario brothers movie didn't go around and collect coins yeah but they did have the uh they had really weird goombas yeah they had the super nintendo super what was it the power gun thing what was it called? (laughs) super scope they had the super scope there, which turned people into goo. Yeah, and then they had the other thing that turned them into Goomba heads. Yeah, but uh, I don't know. Like, I feel like they, I, I'm, I'm concerned greatly, just like most people, about the Sonic movie. It had potential, I think, but then that first trailer, there was such big backlash with the well. Go back a few months. If we go back a few months and they release the images of Sonic or uh, Sanic, um, everyone was like, what the hell? This that, that's, What is that? Oh, yeah, because it was just the legs on the bridge, right? Yeah, it was just the legs. And then it was like such a weird kind of like Sonic doesn't have legs like that. So then uh, then the trailer came out and everyone was just kind of like, what the what the hell is this? And, and his teeth parts, were weird. Yeah, why does he have human teeth? And wh- like, it just doesn't make sense. And it's, it literally looks like a kid wearing a fuzzy pajamas and a mask. Oh, yeah, it looks like the kid from uh, Jumanji when he starts turning into a monkey. <laughs> and but please, there please was, remember that that movie is like fifteen or twenty years old. Yeah, there was um such backlash on it that. They have uh, that the studio has said that they are going to redesign Sanic for the movie, and hopefully he'll look like Sonic. But there's not much that I don't. I honestly don't think that there's much that they can do aside from literally redoing the entire uh, the entire 3D or like redoing the whole movie almost, like all of the scenes with Sanic in it. It just, uh, I feel like it's kind of dead before the movie even releases. Yeah. Um, Unlike Detective Pikachu, I, it, which, oh my god, four days. Ju- just before we move over to the the grizzled Detective Pikachu, um, it is worth noting that a film like this, if you delay it too long, will be completely forgotten. Like, people will be like, oh, yeah, Sonic, right. Like, they're re-editing Sonic in every frame, and the movie's complete, or near complete. Yeah. I'm I, I, Like, I don't know how animated they're going to go, but I'm assuming they're going to go with a rounder body, slimmer legs. The eyes have to be connected in the middle. Yeah. Although yeah. it would be really cool if they were like, no, they're just goggles. Oh. <laughs> what? Some... some- there was like a show that did that where it's like uh, their eyes just ends up being go- I don't know what it was but I don't know I'm concerned about this movie I probably it, I my guess is that it's going to turn out like any other video game movie or base movie and Not what's, very what's well. really disappointing is that Sega is supporting and like part producing this movie so they have a say in what's going on, and 
why wouldn't anyone from Sega be like, uh, yeah, this this isn't right? It it just doesn't make any sense. And I wonder if they're just trying to rush it. Because when did that movie? When's that movie supposed to come out? Um, I don't recall. I can I can get you that information. No, but I I wonder if they're trying to um, if they're trying to kind of piggyback on the success of Detective Pikachu. And yes, I said success there, people. I wonder if Sanic is hoping that, you know, people will go see Detective Pikachu and remember it and be like, oh, yeah, I enjoyed that movie. Oh, I remember playing Sonic as a kid. I'm going to go check this one out. Uh, It's 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 expected to be released November 7th, 2019. Now, it's only listed as (laughs) Russian. IMDb already has it rated at 4.4 out of 10. Yeah, I don't know how that that works, right? I think those are user ratings as well. Yeah, like I've seen some artists re- like re-renderings that look way better than this messed up Sonic. Yeah, Sanic, Sanic, <laughs> Sanic. That's no Sonic yet. Yeah, yeah we'll, have, we'll we'll have to see how that one goes. Yeah, I, I can't say that I'm excited for it though. Like, uh, Jim Carrey is just being Jim Carrey. Yeah, you know, but like, that's also good, right? I don't know. Like, I feel like they could have done a little more with the character. Like, it he was no different than being, uh, the when he was uh, Uncle F- whatever in uh, a series of unfortunate events. Same Which, character um, as a in lot, like a lot of people think that um, Neil Patrick Harris did it better. Yeah, and he's like it's like the same character that he played. And me, myself, Irene, uh, the Riddler. Like it, it's just Jim Carrey, right? Like I feel just, like they could have go done, with what you know, man. Go I feel with like they know. could have gone and done a little more to make him look more like Doctor Robotnik, Robotnik, right? Like everyone. But I feel like also if they were to do that, there would be a big backlash of like, oh my god, you're making him fat, like. Um, What's his name? That one, uh, Eddie Murphy. You know, oh, he, couldn't, um, they, he couldn't make any movies these days, like the ones that he did in the past, where he did all the fat suits and stuff like that. Because the Nutty Professor, yeah, Nutty Professor, the the whatever, the clumps. Uh, people are too too easily offended by by just like body images portrayed on screen. And I'll, uh, I'll, I'll mention something later on about that when we talk about another film that uh, I don't know if you know any of the backlash about other characters that were portrayed as larger on screen. We'll, we'll talk like about people, it in a little people bit. People are yeah. just like people just are are too sensitive, I think, for some things that I don't know if they could make him fat. But then at the same time. He's not the character that we know, right? Like, everyone knows Dr. Eggman as being uh, a short, round, evil guy. Yeah. And now it's just Jim Carrey with a big mustache who cuts off a military leader mid-sentence to find Sanic. And Uh. Sonic, or Sanic, he did an EMP pulse that turned off all electricity within, like, what, the whole... Western United States. 
How many people was on like life support and died because of Sonic? He's a murderer. <laughs> Sonic is evil. Do you know who's yeah. not evil? Detective Pikachu. Detective Pikachu. Good segue. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Sonic was a Sonic was a dead topic, anyways. I, until... I did notice um, they released another small Detective Pikachu trailer last week, and we we should say um, we didn't record last week because. We both feared we would spoil the end game, so we waited until the Russos said it was okay. And if anyone has been <laughs> on the internet as of today, which is May sixth, uh, and... spoilers are allowed according to the Russos. So yeah, you know why spoilers are allowed? Because they released the Marvel the Spider-Man Far- trailer, Spider-Man Far From Home trailer, which literally is a big spoiler for End Game. Not only that, they're allowing all the actors to share behind-the-scenes videos now, which is kind of nice. Um, it's I, I, I agree. I think when it comes to something like this, two weeks. But we're going to get onto that after because then we can say spoiler alert and not ruin the end game for people who have lived under a rock, don't watch the internet or anything like that. So Detective Pikachu got some early reviews and they all look pretty good. It's I didn't at a, right now, it's sitting at like a 70 on um, or 68, 70 on uh Rotten Tomatoes and a 7.7 on IMDb, which for a video game based movie, that might as well be like a 90. Yeah. Right? What's like the highest rated video game based movie? I'm going to look this up. (sighs) Video game based movie. That's the highest rated. Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat. I'm in a mood. Oh, from worst to best. I never mind. Because <laughs> um, you could probably argue Street Fighters up there. Um, here's the thing. I'm still slightly like I've liked Pokemon since I was a kid, so I don't think I'm going to have an issue. Maybe some of the newer Pokemon, I'm not going to know their names, which I mean is possible. But like, who would right? People who are obsessed with the game. People who have played through every game front and back and know all their names, all their at, at, at any rate, the thing that I'm most interested in is I did see one review stating that if you did not know anything about Pokemon, this was not a movie for you. And he was clearly somebody who was sent to see the movie, who was like, "Yep, I will review this unbiasedly because I have no idea about Pokemon." Said Ryan Reynolds was enjoyable, but aside from that, he was confused most of the time. I didn't know how confused you could really be based on a movie that the premise is Pikachu is a detective and he's trying to help the kid find his father. However, we could, like, it could be a very niche movie. And I don't believe, like, this might be a very bold statement, but I don't think it's going to outsell the Avengers this weekend either. Well, it probably won't. So, Like, ask me that a few weeks ago. I would have said, I don't know, the Avengers have just way too much steam rolling behind them. It'll be close. If if Detective Pikachu does win the weekend, I, I, I will be impressed. But I don't think it has enough to really pu- like make the push. If it was coming out next weekend, it might be a little bit different because it is a long weekend. Um, in both Canada and the USA. So maybe you'd you'd have a little bit more. 
but I don't know. So, the top rated, according to RottenTomatoes.com, the highest rated video game based movie is Tomb Raider, which came with... out in 2018 with a 52%. The, wait, the remake of Tomb Raider? Uh, yes, like the most recent one with uh, Alicia Vil- Vilkander. Okay. So the worst rated, so 47th place with a 0% is Blood Rain 2. They made a Blood Rain 1? Yeah, apparently. Uh, Mortal Kombat is 43 with uh, 2%, which, oh, no, sorry, Mortal Kombat Annihilation. So Super Mario Bros. is rated, where was it? 33, 33rd you, place. You can talk as much shit about that movie as you want, but it is it's, hilariously bad, and, and it's great. It started the whole like video game movie-based thing. Like After that was Street Fighter, which was hilarious. Jean-Claude Van Damme, like, man. So, so looking at the meta... Sorry, had, go ahead. Sorry, there's just been so many bad, poorly rated movies based off video games and not like low budget movies not like you know all these Uwe ball movies that are just awful awful like there's you know theater like sorry like hollywood movies hitman uh super mario bros uh max Payne. i remember when that came out assassin's creed doom all of those like that are very poorly rated like less than 30 percent on rotten tomatoes and with Detective Pikachu sitting right now at a 68 on Rotten Tomatoes, uh, and the movie hasn't even come out. So that's 68% with only 38 critic reviews. Audience score is not available yet because uh, they've, due to events that took place a few months ago when Captain Marvel came out and people were like vote bombing that movie. Uh, regular people can't vote until the movie's been released. I've seen, um, so I've just gone to look for the metadata. Um, now, it's a little bit more harsh than some of the things you're saying. Um, there is a total, like, it's got a 50 on, like, Metascore, so from everywhere yeah, on met- the internet. Metacritic, yeah. Well, Metacritic just pools everybody's reviews, right? Yeah. Um, There are a few comments that I'd like to share. Um, Obviously, we both haven't seen the movie, but I think it's it's kind of something that we're going to revisit probably in a week or two when we've both seen it. Um, But there was a few that I've kind of like marked off as things that I I wanted to bring up. The the worst rating is, you've played Pokemon Go, right? Well, call this movie Pokemon Don't Go. Yeah, but that's the associate press. Okay, so that's another thing with these critic reviews. You also have to take into account who is it that is watching this movie. So this guy, Mark Kennedy, who is this Mark Kennedy guy? We don't know, but he could be like a 55-year-old guy who prefers to watch movies that are, I don't know, old westerns. So... But there are some like fairly popular sites that are listed here. Um, now, obviously, I don't like. I don't want to start any sort of flame wars by calling out these like websites and being like, "Hey, these this is what this website said." Fucking guy, you're an idiot. 
But um, <laughs> there is there's two more that I really like here that I want to read. Um, one is somewhat how I think I feel because I am excited. But it says Detective Pikachu is one of those movies where for half the movie I was trying to force myself to like it until I gave up. I kind of got the sense a lot of people around me were doing the same thing. I worry that that's going to be the case. Like, the last movie that I had that kind of reaction was Power Rangers, where I was fucking pumped to go see Power Rangers. I was like, yeah, I'm going to Power Rangers. I'm reliving my childhood. And I just kind of sat there like, was it good? Like, did I like it? What what happened? Did I, was it good? I, I have this slight fear that Detective Pikachu is going to be adorable Pikachu or Pikachu wrapped up in Ryan Reynolds and it's just not going to be like it's not going to have the oomph to push it over and I fear that because it's so ingrained in my childhood that was part of my childhood part of even my adolescence and growing up like I was still playing the games until recently so like I do have that fear that I'm going to sit there and force myself to like it and be like, like I'll like it for nostalgic factors, but I'm not going to like it because the story was, well, it was a Pokemon movie. And that's where I think the some of these reviews could be interesting. The other one that I saw was um, another kind of one where I feel has kind of hit it on the head. I haven't seen the movie again, and I can't stress that enough. But beneath the predictable story, Detective Pikachu isn't about much. And if you need Wikipedia to explain to you who Mewtwo is, most of the jokes will go right over your head. The whole thing is a bit too childish for adults and a bit too convoluted for kids. That is the opening statement from um, another website. See, Uh, that's the thing. That's what I hate about critic reviews. That's what they are, critics, right? But they are... Their job... And, and we've done the same thing where we watch something and we're just trying to be overly critical of a film. You know, you're trying to actually pick out the good and the bad that I think once you get in that mindset where you're you're just watching something or playing something or doing something just to review it, you lose the experience and the ability to just do it to and enjoy it. You know, uh, like... Some of these reviews, yeah, they they have it. They're mixed. Uh, I'm gonna, I'll admit, they are mixed. But at the same time, these are people's jobs to do this, right? So there's there's if you look online, just the kind of just through, through the forums and on Reddit and stuff like that, people I think in general are excited for this movie. Yeah, and and I don't think that. I don't think it's going to bomb. I don't think it's going to be the greatest movie, like video game movie. I don't think it's going to be the best. It might be the best Pokemon movie. I haven't seen any since like the Pokemon movie original one. But this is, if anything, a big stepping stone in the right direction for the future of video game based movies. Now, when Sanic comes out, that's going to be a step back. <laughs> but Sonic, I I'm not gonna call it Sonic until they've actually make him look like Sonic. But anyways, like so this whole movie, like this is not just uh, 
it's it's more than just a Pokemon movie. This is like a big kind of it's almost a risk, right? To do something of this grand scale cuz it's not like they're just picking some, you know, niche game series and doing this. Pokemon is huge. Like it has affected people's lives so much that like, you know, people <sighs> I don't know. Like people name their kid Pokemon. I don't know. I'm sure someone named their kid Pikachu or Lapras, right? So this is not just some. This isn't something that uh, like the Pokemon company is going to just be like, oh yeah, just do what you guys want. Like I feel like they have put in a lot of time and money, and they have a lot of control over how this movie is is presented almost that I don't think, I don't think it's, I don't think this movie can fail on the, on the, in the sense that this will movie it be is, a Pokemon movie. Yes. Will it, it be a good movie? The jury's out. Yeah. But I don't think that it's going to be considered a bad movie. Like people aren't going to say, Oh, don't go see that movie. It sucks. You know, it's going to be one of those things that, I think it's going to do well at the box office in its opening weekend, maybe the first two, three weekends. But then I think it's going to have a steady box office run for the duration that it's in theaters. My, my guess is it lands somewhere in between Deadpool and Green Lantern. And that's, uh, that's all a, that Ryan Reynolds could hope for. <laughs> that's, a, that's a pretty pretty wide... <laughs> oh, well. See, like, and here here's the one thing that I... I like the excerpt from our our dear dear friends at IGN, and by that I'm super sarcastic because a lot of people within this industry that are not IGN do believe that well, advertising pays for ratings or rankings and back and forth. IGN has given Detective Pikachu an eighty out of a hundred, so that's the highest on the internet right now. Smith's character gives the story an emotional weight, and Reynolds delivers an endearing comedic performance that closer, uh, that's closer to his subversive Deadpool shtick than you'd expect. While video game movies haven't always had the best track record, this movie is by far the best example of how to do one right. Not, not bad. And then you just you look down the page for the excerpts and other ones, and it's like. It's impossible to overstate how much this film owns, owes Ryan Reynolds. If you don't understand Pikachu's world, everyone can understand a great joke, superbly delivered. Like, a lot of these are saying, like, moderately funny, good movie, decent movie, has ambition and styles and spades, and thankfully, plenty of sass from Ryan Reynolds. It sounds like, like, again, it just sounds like if they cast somebody else, maybe the movie would not be as good. Well, I do know that they were using Ryan Reynolds as that you know how like movies will use a famous and well-known actor or actress to kind of sell the movie oh they're catfishing the movie hard that's 100% what it was and do I like Ryan Reynolds as the voice of Detective Pikachu I'm gonna go out and say no I do not I prefer my Detective Pikachu to be a middle-aged sounding man with a raspy voice Danny DeVito? Sound, 
I I would love for Danny DeVito to be Detective Pikachu. Or Joe but, Pesci. Hey, you yeah. fuckface! <laughs> but the thing is, is that that's not going to sell tickets to the people who are kind of on the fence about Pokemon, right? There's, there's going to be the people that are diehard Pokemon fans, and they're going to see it because it's a Pokemon movie. And then there's going to be people that are like, oh, I love Ryan Reynolds. I'm going to see that movie because I like Ryan Reynolds. So I I don't like the comparison. Well, and that's the thing. Everyone's going to compare it to, oh, it just sounds like Deadpool, right? Because when Ryan Reynolds is Deadpool, you don't see his... Uh, all you see is, or hear, sorry, is Ryan Reynolds. This movie, right from the get-go, it's like, oh, yeah, that's that's Ryan Reynolds, not, not Pikachu. They, they knew how to market it correctly, and that's the biggest thing. I'm going to see it on Friday. Uh, the girlfriend is very excited. We're going to get our tickets soon, probably like this week. Thursday. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think we're going to see it Thursday, but we're going to do like a Friday show. And she's excited. And you know, I like that's the kind of person that this movie is 100% for. Right? Like the people that are excited to see it because they like the characters, the movies, <laughs> the the games and stuff like that. This movie's not made for the people kind of on the fence about or, or like that feel like they're too grown up to go yeah. see a Pokemon movie, right? So if the people who are excited to see it, who go and see it and enjoy the movie for what it is, a Pokemon movie a, with great effects, good acting, story, all that stuff, then the movie's done its job. And, and that's, that's what's most important. Hope for. I just hope it doesn't suck because then I have to deal with the aftermath. <laughs> Why? Because I'm not really arguing for or against it. I, I'm going to see it. I just, I have this growing fear. Do you know what else sparks fear? Hundreds of millions of people watching their television on a Sunday night, thinking their TV set or tuner set is broken because they can barely see any of the hour and a half long episode of Game of Thrones. That's right. Last week... The Battle of Winterfell happened in episode three of season eight of Game of Thrones. We've also had um, episode four pass uh, since we have last recorded. But a strange occurrence happened. The directors and the, well, the art directors and the writers wanted to make it as realistic as possible. So they shot everything up tight and close and kept everything really dark. So it would really feel like that chaos of battle now a lot of people don't have 4k tvs or have have the the knowledge to change their television settings to make things look a little bit brighter or to have an optimal situation for a darker film or television show so there was a large amount of people on monday and tuesday of last week who went and replaced their televisions i know some people who did it which makes it even funnier. Um, Best Buy even went as far as offering a $150 promotion to get your television calibrated before the next episode of Game of Thrones. I'm a fan of the series. This It was a little bit harder to watch. Like My TV's nine years old, but I just adjusted it to make it 
seem a little bit easier to see. Like we watch the television show in the dark um, to really get like the full effects of it, but it was it was still quite enjoyable. Um, and then even last night's episode, everything was fine. It was much brighter. Um, most of the scenes happened through the daytime, so there was no real differences or changes there. You didn't have to go buy a new TV, everyone. It was one episode, and it was dark. That's uh, it. There is a website, or there's there's guides online on how to fix your TV settings to rewatch that episode. Isn't that funny? Oh, my God. What's wrong with people? It took me two seconds. I literally switched to cinematic mode, and it was perfectly fine. There were some dark spots even for that, but again... I have an like a nine-year-old LCD TV. Here, here are the tips: check your TV brightness settings, bump up the black light, le- the backlight level, turn off nearby lights. <laughs> Here's a good one: go OLED. So literally, they're just saying to buy like the most <laughs> expensive type of TV that's out there right now. Is that an LG ad? Uh, OLED TVs from LG and Sony can achieve yeah, perfect blacks <laughs> since each pixel is self-illuminating. Uh, we had, uh, here's the I'm, best one. Just buy it on Blu-ray later if you need perfect visuals. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, I remember back to our days in school and our, our professors being like, don't crush your blacks, don't crush your blacks. And we're sitting there and like we're watching the show and we have some friends over. And I'm like, those blacks are crushed. Those blacks are crushed. I and like everybody looked at me like I was some idiot. I know these. Uh, I know some of these comments are funny. I know websites and apps are increasingly embracing dark mode, but Game of Thrones folks took it too far. And then the next comment was, "It was like watching an audiobook." <laughs> That's perfect. I follow this one guy. Um, he's another podcaster, but he podcasts hockey. He's a radio guy, and every time he has like a a take on television or movies or anything that involves a screen. I just, I feel like he's either trolling people or he has no idea what he's talking about. And he started gating off about game of Thrones. And I like, I almost was like, come on, man, stick to what, you know, stick to what, you know, kind of like Sony does when it comes to open world, single player video games. Weird, right? Almost. Too weird. A few days have gone by since the release. <laughs> how how long have you been waiting for that? I literally thought about it this second. That's that's so, good. It sounded like I wrote it, but thanks. Yeah. Um, days Gone came out April 26th. You happy? Yes. And it, it's come out to a bunch of uh, mixed reviews, including both mine and David's. So we're going to walk you guys thunk. through our, our experiences so far with Days Gone. Um, how do you feel about the game so far? I like it. Wow. Great review, everyone. <laughs> I think everyone should go pick up the game because David said he liked it. And it- it's it's an interesting take on the, like, the zombie survival. I think uh, the the story is kind of interesting. Like I haven't played super far into it because of real life. Um, I know that a lot of the early reviews that people had put out stated like there was a lot of bugs, like frame rate issues, crashes, stuff like that. Um, 
which then I know turned off a lot of people. I know a few people, a few of my friends had canceled their uh, pre-orders because of the early reviews. But then people don't realize that those were unpatched games. And I, I get it. You know, when a game is released, it should be fairly bug free. And <coughs> Bethesda, that doesn't happen nowadays, right? There's always a huge day one patch. So they've been doing a good job at patching the game. Um, I think within the first like week or something like that, there was like four or five patches that had come out. I personally have not run into any problems. Um, one of my friends has run into like one little bit of frame rate issue in one region. But overall, I think the like the controls are good, the story good, the graphics are actually amazing, and I'm I'm quite impressed with what they've done with the Unreal Engine, because um, this is a first or a second party company, so like they only make games for Sony, and they weren't using a Sony developed engine for this game. They use the Unreal Engine, so just like looking at like the environments and the weather systems and all of that stuff it actually looks it's one of the best looking games that i think that's out right now in in that genre like the open world kind of thing i'd agree like um just to break it down a little bit because i think we should spend some time on like visual like gameplay um value and overall presentation but when i look at like i look at the game and i, I think it's absolutely stunning the biggest issue i've noticed and this might be the difference between you you play on a pro correct yes so the biggest thing i've noticed in a a lot of feedback online as well is there's a lot more pop in on the ps4 than the ps4 pro so you're like i I think the biggest um pop-in issue i'm finding is rocks right like some rocks you can Mm -hmm. launch yourself off of in your bike and other ones are like super fatal and you can't really tell because they just appear out of nowhere the other thing i find really um odd like vertically i think the game is probably one of the best when it comes to low and high points visually but some of the grass that you can hide in like a i don't know how npcs can't see you b i don't know how zombie or freaks can't see you like you literally just be standing in grass and they'll walk right by you, which is very odd. Um, but visually, the game is stunning. I think the motorcycle physics are really great. Um, moving left to right is also like remarkable for the work that they've put in on the bikes. The bike's details are really good. I do find the character movement a little blocky at times when you're running and changing yeah. directions on a gradient versus running straight like on a flat surface but if you're going up or down your body doesn't really know what to do with itself um so like visually i would say the world easily a nine and a half out of ten character design i I do find a lot of your characters follow like the the basics like when their mouth moves words should come out but sometimes the words don't sync up which is kind of disappointing and a lot of the characters look identical. Like even the the freakers are pretty much all the same. They they didn't use a lot of different characters or character maps for them. They could have changed them up a little bit. Mm-hmm. But that's kind uh, of like the same thing in in a lot of games, right? Like yeah, there that that goes without saying. It's just it's more with the NPCs, right? Like when you're when you're going into 
um, like the different villages that like the, the that first camp that you can go into. Mm-hmm. You see those kind of people later on, and it's just the same kind of thing. The camp kind of has a very division vibe, um, but the game also has a very Last of Us versus State of Decay kind of vibe. So like like there there's positives and negatives to the game. Visually, I think it's stunning. Audio, most things to me are good. I I do believe like. Like, the guns don't really sound like guns, especially after you've, like, put a silencer on your weapon. It doesn't mm-hmm. sound like anything. Um, the the weather, though, both visually is stunning. Like, how snow kind of, like, pillows up and builds up on, um, like, if you're near, like, crates and stuff, the snow will, like, kind of pile up beside you. Yeah, and that was something that they they were kind of advertising is that, like, when it snows, it doesn't just, like, poof the whole ground's covered in snow it's like in real life where it takes some time to build up which is really cool i haven't seen snow in the game just seen a lot of rain yeah and how the puddling works too is really cool and like when you're you're on your bike and the mud it like splatters up and and you can easily see you know like your tire tracks and it looks real like it looks very realistic yeah, uh, but like going back to sound just a tiny bit, like I I think the intricacies of your bike are so important too. Like if your bike's not running right or you've taken a lot of damage, the engine will backfire, which will attract freakers. Very, very good. Like if you're a fan of The Walking Dead or zombie games or anything like that, you know sound attracts zombies or the undead. So I think that's really cool. Um, visually and... I guess audibly, I have no complaints about the game. There are some pop-in problems and frame rate drops, but that happens with a lot of games. It's not as bad as like Red Dead 1, where if you'd kill somebody near a fence, they would float to the top of the fence, and you would just kind of like wait for them to disappear sometimes. So like, but that's like it has life. come a long... Yeah, it, it, yeah. It, has, <laughs> it has come a long way from that, where I find some of the issues audibly are... When you're with, like, your character Deacon will just randomly yell like he has Tourette's. It'll just be like, you'll be oh, sitting yeah. there, like, trying to sneak, and you'll be like, yo, I can't believe that, fu- that thing. And you're like, uh, okay. And, like, you'll just attract NPCs by accident because your guy just started yelling because he just is pissed off about something. Yeah. I was, uh, when I first started playing the game, I was like, this, this guy, like, his Deacon or whatever... It's like this. He looks so familiar, but I don't know where where from. And uh, it's Sam Sam Witwer, and he played uh, Star Killer in the Force Unleashed games. So now I can't unsee that. <laughs> That's pretty funny. But like, yeah, visually, and I think the audio, uh, audio wise, the game is actually uh, primo. I would say. Uh, it it is a great looking game. The sound, uh, the, the sound mix is mixing is great. The gameplay, it's not perfect. It's broken in spots. But every game's like that, right? Like, I, but for I, I... for an open world zombie game, third person zombie survival game thing, um. I I feel like it's a 
a pretty solid game. Do you feel as if its lack of variety will ultimately hinder its ability to expand on its world via DLC? Um, I, I, I feel like they, they could expand the world in in a multitude of ways. I think part of what's going to hinder the game from being a, a long-term success would be its lack of any multiplayer. Uh, and, and I'm not just saying like, Oh, every game needs a multiplayer aspect. Like uh, God of war was a great example of that. But this is the type of game where like, so your character, you're, you're fighting zombies, hordes of zombies, and you have to, you have to get rid of um, a horde, like multiple hordes in different areas. I feel like they really kind of lost on uh, creating a portion of the game that would ensure its kind of longer lifespan by not at least adding some sort of co-op horde mode, you know, where you can meet up with like another, like two or three other of your friends and try and defeat or get rid of some really tough hordes. Um, it's, I think that they, they can add DLC to expand the the story, like the backstory, or open up different different areas because it takes place in Oregon, right? Yeah. So they could even do like uh th- like the uh, same type of DLCs like that uh, Rockstar does, where it's like a full game. Kind of thing, you know what I mean? Like a standalone DLC, where it might it could be like a different region. Like they already have the game built, so yeah, it would be like a cookie cutter. Like okay, same stuff, different region, but they can really expand on it. They have the ability to create beautiful looking environments, so why not like go up north to Canada, kind of thing, or or expand on that way but i think for just general gameplay i think it runs into the same problem that most open world games run into where once you play for the like four or five hours you've you've done all the same things yeah so that all the missions are like do one two or three like a b or c those are your options for different types of things to do and it's just constant like that and i don't know how i don't know how games can or or the game can kind of break from that because it it is just a single player game that has you know the say a set types of missions yeah and you can only really live in the future well in the present right like everything that it shows you about your past is non-interactive now um because we were doing this for the podcast as well, I did want to make sure I looked at some reviews for the end of the game as well. Obviously not to spoil, but a heavy criticism that the game has received, and I'm starting to get that point now, is there becomes a point where your character no longer develops and focuses on his past, and it introduces new characters, but you don't really get a feel for those characters. Like you really want to get back into 
his wife and you get this like this feeling that you get to play as, as his wife or you might get to find his wife even though like you don't think that's going to happen and then they just kind of take it away and they just kind of the the game branches off the other thing is too it's like these sneak missions and these fetch quests they're super easy even on hard because the npc radius is so small like i was finding i could get through easy sneak missions with either the handgun silenced or the um the crossbow because there there there's such a low detection rate like when you play something like the last of us or spider-man which are both ps4 exclusives or sony exclusives i should say you if you alert somebody others are like oh shit this guy's been alerted because the guy makes noise but these they're all just quiet even if like you have an NPC shooting at you. They're not all rushing towards you. They're just hanging out. And I found that really bizarre, especially after that, like after you just leave your kind of first safe house and you go down the mountain and you find those, that, that base camp, like they just stood there. I was like, this is weird. One person runs out at you and you're like, awesome. I get to like melee a little bit. And like, I, well, I'll talk about the controlling in a second, but I found it, it found it encouraging and then it never happened again. The other people just stood there and waited for me to shoot. And then they would just like pop up and pop down. I was like, this this is, this is a game that we've waited for, for almost three and a half years. You're telling me the AI isn't smart enough to attack me. I'm hiding in plain sight. Well, then you're not really hiding, huh? Well, you know what I mean? (laughs) I I think, yeah, I, I agree with, uh, with that, like the AI can be kind of dumb. Um, I was clearing out a, like an ambush camp or whatever. And there is one guy hidden somewhere. And I literally walked in circles in like the, the camp multiple times. And I couldn't find the guy. And he was, he, he was like half a kilometer down the road from the camp, just standing there aiming at a tree. And I'm like, what the hell? So yeah, the AI is very, I don't want to say broken, but it's fragile. You can confuse it very easily yeah. by just if I find if you pass the certain marks in the game, like if player passes fifty nine, thirty one, twenty eight, like a tree, then the person should be alerted, right? And it just mm-hmm. doesn't happen. Um, and like I, I found that really simple. Like when, or I uh, sorry. That first little area where you have to clear out that little base camp. If you mm-hmm. go up top, they have no idea. And like they can see they have the vantage point. They can see what you're doing, but you're just you're standing above them. They don't they don't try and defend or anything. They don't they look at you but they don't shoot. They just yeah. keep looking forward. I've I've run into issues where I've been at a distance shooting some of like the zombies and stuff like that or the, the newts and I'm far enough away that I can hit them. And yeah, the one that I'm shooting is alerted to me, but nothing else around it is. So it's just like easy to pick off the zombies from a distance. So I, I feel like they could update the AI to make it not necessarily more challenging because I think honestly, some of the missions can be quite challenging, especially when you get into areas where, there's lots of zombies and your 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 bike has you know half a tank of fuel and you're nowhere near uh 
like a camp that you can refuel and you don't have enough ammo and like uh, you know you get into those situations i think that the challenge level is there but the ai is just kind of dumb sometimes yeah but, you know you're 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 bang on you're absolutely bang on right but that's um, not not anything that they can't fix right like there's, but why there's... why would they re why would they change the code? They have no reason to. I don't think it's necessarily like changing the code, but it it's more so just kind of updating certain certain aspects of it. You know, like the detection radius and and stuff like that. It's but it's not like an online game like Rainbow Six where the devs are constantly in there changing and nerfing and like boosting different stats. It's just it's not one of those things. You know, but it, it's it's not unheard of though, you know. Like there's there's plenty of single player, uh, offline, only games where the devs support it for quite some time afterwards, still tweaking the game. Because how else are they going to learn that? Oh, their their AI detection radius isn't quite wide enough, right? Unless they hear feedback from the people paying to play their game. Like, I understand, you know, you can do internal testing and stuff like that. But those are mostly just to find game-breaking bugs, you know. But things that affect the actual gameplay, like, you know, enemy detection radius. Um, up, like, even things like amount of, like ammo drops and weapon drops or stuff like that uh that is not something that can be almost i i guess perfect upon release especially in 2019 you know like we we expect to buy a game and be able to play it at midnight um but then you spend until 1 or 2 a.m downloading <laughs> yeah. a, a full you know 40 gig day one patch you know so I'm, I'm hoping that the devs will spend the next you know four or five months minimum kind of just dealing with uh user feedback on the game and updating these like little tiny problems but overall i think the game is pretty solid in 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 what it is is it a complete blockbuster uh no is it kind of disappointing after three and a half years yes is it fun yes and just like detective pikachu if it's fun it's done its job that's fair i'm i'm looking at <laughs> it as will i complete it I don't know yet. I don't think I've completed a game in a long time. The last one, like I, I, I like worked my ass off for was Red Dead. See, and that's the thing is like you shouldn't have to work your ass off to beat a game, right? I put if, fifty hours into that story. It was incredible. Yeah, like, but if if this is how I play games, if I get bored of doing the same thing over and over again, eh, I'll stop playing it, and play something else. If a game has a compelling story, great gameplay, something that like makes me want to play the game, 
then yes, 100% I'm going to beat that game because I won't, I won't feel like I'm playing a game. I'm like you feel like you're part of the game almost, right? Like it, mm-hmm. it shouldn't feel like work, and that's the one thing that I run into with all of these open world games. You know, every GTA game, Red Dead, uh, Days Gone, I've run into it uh, a little bit already. Where after a while, it's like okay, I'm just doing the same thing over and over again, mm-hmm. and you know, it, there's so many other games that out right now that I have that the story is just waiting to be told so I'll go play that and it's not that I don't like the games that I've stopped playing it's just that I don't have the attention span to sit and do like 45 fetch missions yeah and I think that's the biggest thing you just you could already start feeling it as the game progressed you're like oh i gotta go get my bike oh i gotta go get this fuel pump oh i gotta go get this and you're like fuck fuck oh good another fetch quest fuck and you start and you start off with such great uh like such a great starting bike and then you lose it so quickly and it's like oh what a tease eh yeah i know right that was that was kind of disappointing but that's like a big part of the game is your bike. But I also think they did a good job with that. Like the, the biking controls, I would say are pretty, pretty good. Like I, it's nothing like, uh, what was that? Uh, the, the hacking one watchdogs. It's just a terrible game period. Those like driving controls, just completely awful. Even GTA has some pretty bad driving controls. Yeah. But GTA's, Charm is its terrible driving controls. You, you, you can't fault a game for what it's good at. <laughs> like, I think that's actually, like, the worst part about it. Um, the one thing I did find about the controllers that I'm not a wild fan of is the... the they really focus on the wheels. Kind of like The Last of Us did, but your weapon wheel just, like, goes out further. Like, if you want to craft, your crafting wheel, it's like... Oh, if I hold this and then I hold it over, then I hold it over, then I have to hit R one or L one to like craft. Oh yeah, like I, that. It's so I tedious. Hate the the inventory wheel. It is so annoying because it it makes switching your weapons and stuff like that so slow. Like I get it, the game slows down, but just like you said, you have to hold to the direction that you want of the weapon that you want to change. But then, if you don't want the basic one, you have to continue holding it and then select it again and hold more. Like, why couldn't they have just put in like a quick, uh, like a quick change system? You know, like use the D pad or something like that, or yeah, or just where... use triangle. <laughs> yeah, like, like come on. But it's like. It, I want to be able to quickly change to the Molotovs, but once you get a second throwable weapon, it defaults to that one, like the the frag grenades. So like now, if I want to, I, I barely use the frag grenades when I'm clearing out uh, zombie nests, or what are they called? Freak freakers? Uh, freak nest? Oh yeah, freak the, nest? the whole like, oh, do you have any Molotov? That that first thing through the tunnel just pissed me off. Like every two seconds, oh man, do you have any more? And then it would just stop, and you'd have to go back. And you're like, Ugh. 
I want I want to explore the game and learn the game. I don't need it to stop me with a cutscene every like two minutes. Yeah, the beginning is kind of slow like that, and some of the mesh, some of the missions are like like that. But it's how how else are they going to? They're, but give, they're not establishing you, stories. Give you, uh, but like how else are they going to show like teach you how to? craft something without having those like typical uh missions for oh create some molotov cocktails you know like that's kind of a given in any game yeah it's just the way they present it isn't like they're presenting it to people who've never played games before it's like this is your first open world single player experience and this is why you're doing it this way most people who picked up Days Gone have probably, in their life, at least once, has played a single-person game where there's a crafting mechanic. Fallout, Far Cry, The Last of Us, Spider-Man even. <laughs> like, there's, there, We're getting to the point where either developers and studios think everyone playing their games are stupid, or B, they have to have like a 30 minute intro to their game just on how to play and almost every game is the same l2 or r or l1 are going to be aim r1 is or sorry r1 is going to be shoot or r2 it always it's going to be one of those four buttons every single time but see they they can't not have that in the game either yeah i know but like it can right? be simplified you could you could have like a tutorial right at the beginning of the game being like this is this this is that have a good day bye like if that's all you have to yeah, do. Yeah, I, I I like when games have the option when you start a game saying, "Would you like to play a tutorial?" Yes. Yeah, I no. guess. Um, I guess like it, it is a way to kind of open the story or like start start the story and introduce the characters. Um, because really, like at the beginning of the game, your only real use for uh, that other guy that goes around with you is to pretty much show you how to ride the bike and craft stuff yeah i guess it's just that and like the other the other part because i was going to also say about the wheel is while it does give you some information like sometimes let's say you want to pull your gun and somebody comes close to you, all of a sudden you're swinging your bat because melee is just right there as well. Like, it's just... They didn't give you a quick swap for handgun to crossbow or machine gun to crossbow, but they gave you a quick swap to get to you, your bat that can knock out, like, ten freakers and then it breaks. And I, I found myself accidentally swinging my bat in some places where I think I would would have been better off shooting and vice versa. All, all in all, I think the controlling scheme is a little bit of a mess. I feel it's kind of sluggish. It was designed for... Do you know where this game would excel? On a PC. This is the perfect game for a PC. With the amount of controlling that you have to do, you could avoid so much by, like, crafting shortcuts and stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. That's true. But... It will never be that way. So, with that being said, here's where I rate it. I would rate the game 
right now as I've played as a, a try before you buy if possible if not wait for a good deal I mean we got it for 50 bucks because we pre-ordered two years ago at E3 because we thought it was coming out yeah it didn't even have a release date when we pre-ordered and then well, I we forgot about it until like yeah, two weeks ago it was supposed to be released in like the January or February remember and then it got delayed by a year so I would say try before you buy or get it at a deal better than $40 I just I don't think the way the game is is like they have plans for free DLC right now which are just challenge modes. There's going to be no online play. You might get a few more missions or you might get a DLC with some backstory um from before the outbreak or while the outbreak was happening. It's just for what it's worth to me, I do not believe that like I wouldn't I I'm glad I didn't pay full price for it to begin with. But mm-hmm. knowing what I know now, I wouldn't have paid full price for it. Yeah, I probably wouldn't buy wouldn't have paid full price for the game. Uh the nice thing about it being an offline single player only game is that generally they do go on sale fairly quickly because the people that buy the games early on they're the ones that want to play it. There's always going to be people that are like, oh, I'll just wait for a sale. So the sales will drop fairly steadily after the first few weeks. And then I'd say after a month, maybe two um, at the earliest, you're you're going to see a sale for 20 bucks off, something like that. And then, I don't know, within the, I'd say within the year, it'll probably be down to half price. Uh, would I be upset that I paid 50 bucks for it on release no because it'll probably be quite some time before it goes to less than 50 dollars to be honest but for what we paid i think that's a a good price like if you can get it for around 50 bucks new within the first few months of it coming out totally worth it i'd say pick it up yeah yeah (laughs) i've i've (laughs) It's hard for me to like argue either way because like if you want a game that looks beautiful, awesome. But it just it's just. Do you remember the scene in Christmas Vacation where he he says if the turkey looks as good uh, tastes as good as it looks, they're in for a treat. That's what I feel Days Gone is to me. It's beautiful on the outside, then they cut in the turkey and it's just dry. Like, I don't want to have to sneak from destination to destination or stand in the grass and wait for a freaker to walk by because I'm trying to get something done. You know? Mm -hmm. So there it is. Beautiful turkey that's overcooked on the inside. That's where I'm going to leave it. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I've stunned the people's champion, everyone. Um, Speaking of the people's champion, um, we may see a new box office champion of all time um here here's sanic here's some crazy numbers for you um i was looking at domestic grosses which avengers is well on the way of beating the force awakens but if you were to look outside of that time it took to reach two billion dollars of the box office okay as you and i discussed earlier today um titanic is one of the biggest ones of all time Titanic took 5,233 days to reach the $2 billion mark. 
The Force Awakens, 54 days. Infinity War, 48 days. Avatar, 47 days. Endgame, 11. 11 days to pass $2 billion. Yeah, but doesn't help long... that everybody's like seeing it two or three times. Yeah, and also everyone has been waiting 10 years for it. So, Well, everybody's actually only been waiting one year for this part of the movie, especially after Infinity War. They, they knew how to hype it, man. Yeah, they knew. True. So we've both seen Avengers. The rest of our show is going to be Avengers and Spider-Man. We ask you, if you haven't seen it, just mute us so <laughs> the episode still plays in the background. But seriously, everyone, we are about to spoil the shit out of the movies. And if you don't want to know that Thanos has a vacuum and he sucks up all the dusted Avengers, please turn off the podcast now. And then snorts it. <laughs> he, ro- he rolls it up that uses the vacuum tube. He's like... <sighs> then snaps his fingers and it's all done. So... We can start now. Um, I thought it was a pretty good movie. Um, I also really? really love the Avengers. Yeah, oh, a tell, little bit. Tell us what you really think. <laughs> um, actually, I, I will say the one thing that I super appreciated, and it's so subtle, is the end game or the end credit scene from Marvel or uh, Captain Marvel was just that. We didn't have to rewatch that scene, which was really cool. Wait, what scene was it? Because I haven't seen Captain Marvel. So at the end of Captain Marvel, um, it shows a few Avengers watching the pager. Being like, it, it has it stopped receiving? And then Carol Danvers shows up out of nowhere. And she's like, where's Fury? And that's how the like the post credit scene ends. Okay. And when you start the movie... Like, you you have what's going on at the Avengers base a little bit, and you have mm. Tony and Nebula hanging out, having a good time, and then Captain Marvel saves his ass. And the Russo brothers did themselves a huge favor. I mean, they are obviously the kings of removing parts of the movie that actually matter from their trailers. They put their entire first two trailers literally in the first ten minutes of the movie. And, like, the scene with Hawkeye running down the tunnel, you would have had no idea he had the Infinity Gauntlet in his hand. At all. Yeah, that's true. Or when Rocket looks all sad going into the cabin on the beach, you wouldn't have known the Hulk was behind him. Not only that, it was Professor Hulk. Which, by the way, if you remember from our last episode called This is Why We Can't Have Nice Things... That was the spoiler I saw. I saw Professor Hulk, and I was super bummed. Because I was really hoping that Professor Hulk would happen, and I was hoping you'd see the merger, and that didn't happen, but we got Professor Hulk. I was just bummed that I was I found out beforehand, because I would have been really excited for it. I mean, I was yeah, still pretty excited. I, I, but I wish that they showed more about like the backstory... Or or not the backstory, but like the the five year history of like the Hulk, the Hulk or something like that. Yeah. Or even a little bit more of Tony's like five years, because you you just kind of knew as soon as he had that daughter, you're like, fuck, this is not gonna end well. You you just knew, and that that's. 
Well, maybe you knew. I mean, no, nah, it was like a gut feeling, but there, there was... People complained that the first part of the movie was too much backstory. Trying to, like, fill in gaps. But I think it was really important to kind of, like, fill out that five years. Not only that, this is the first time an Avengers movie has passed, like, real time. Because everything's happened in the same years, right? Like, when the, the Battle of New York happened. They referred to it as 2014, or when this or that happened, it was always the same thing. When they go over it in Civil War, like, there's definitive timelines. And things were topical, um, especially in, like, Spider-Man Homecoming, Civil War, even Infinity War to an extent. So, time-wise, I, th- I thought it was pretty cool that it kind of jumped. But, like, it was... It was a very I, I I'm all like spun up thinking about the movie right now because I just there's so many things I want to talk about. I don't want to be a dick and tell people everything that happened in the movie because I don't think that's fair to them either. But I oh. they they you, did, you, they did a good job at connecting this movie to all the other or not all the other, but majority of the other major Marvel movies that have come out in the last 10 years. That's true. Um, like, I haven't seen... I've, I've seen all the other Marvel movies once, minus Thor 2 and Captain Marvel. Um, so, minus there Captain was, Marvel. <laughs> yeah, there was, there was pretty much... There, there was very little... Uh, other than like small tiny things like small details that they brought back from movies um, but for the most part I understood every main reference to everything that was going on except for like the part where Captain America becomes Thor I'll explain that to you in a second uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I feel like they, they did a good job of explaining what they're doing why they were doing it, and then executing the whole thing. Yeah, it was a it was a tearjerker for a lot of people. Like I remember, the like, lady sitting, beside me started crying at the beginning of the movie. Well, I can't. I don't even remember the first scene, but it was like somebody died. Oh, I, did, I can't remember. Did someone die? I can't remember the beginning of the movie. This is so embarrassing. But like, I, I looked over to my left. Oh yeah, and the, yeah. They are, we we could talk about spoilers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they killed Thanos at the beginning of the movie. Yeah, but before that, there was like something a little bit more heartfelt. I just can't remember what exactly. Oh, maybe it was the the, the pepper model. I don't know. Um, yeah, Thanos dies a billion times. Um, the the thing that was interesting was like the emotions that people were going through in the room. Like you could hear them cry, or like. In that really crazy Black Widow, um, Hawkeye Ronin scene, where oh my god, I'm so glad Black Widow died because I hate <laughs> that character. Okay, She's so we, we we are just fully spoiling it. Okay, cool. <laughs> um, she she was like the Avenger glue, right? Um, there there's there was a lot of things that. They started these movies with Iron Man 11 years ago now. And then they introduced Natasha Romanoff and Iron Man 2. 
she was in the Avengers with all the other Avengers. And everybody had their standalone movies except Ruffalo as the Hulk. And they all, like, the cast grew together. And you, like, you watch them grow and develop as superheroes in front of your eyes. And these characters developed and grow. And you grew emotionally attached to them. And I didn't. to lose to lose any of them sucked. Well, I mean, I really loved the <laughs> fact that they did the like they were ripping on Back to the Future for a, a a good chunk of the movie, and there was a lot of references that were very pop culture based that people who haven't seen those movies might not have understood. Um, I don't necessarily agree with the way they they played with time, but it was interesting how they tried to do it. Mm-hmm. Like losing the Tesseract to Loki and then he just disappeared. And that's a segue to give him his own TV show. Or like, you know, like then they had to go get the space tome from another point in time. I think so I they, think they did a the good job at connecting everything. Because especially when you do like time travel movies that... Uh, it, and this one was the most ambitious oh the most ambitious time travel crossover ever attempted uh it's really easy to get things mix, mixed up and i don't think that there was any point where i wasn't understanding where they were in time if that makes sense or like yeah. what they were doing whereas like some other movies are, are like if it's done poorly you can be like wait a second like what are they doing? Where are they going? What year is this? You know, <laughs> we're back in the old west. The dog's yeah. alive. <laughs> uh, I yeah, I think they did a, a good job with that. And uh, like when Loki took the the glowing blue one, the tesseract. Uh, yeah, that uh, the, the space stone. They 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 did that intentionally because, like you said, like he's getting his own show. Like so, it explains that. You know, so now he's that's. And they've explained it, like what happens in, in like these other, uh, or like in the past, just doesn't affect their future, but it creates an alternative or an alternate uh, timeline, which is cool because like that means that every single thing that they've done to change their timeline has affected the other ones in a little bit, right? Like they say, like oh, you have to put the uh, the what's it called the chaos the wait the infinity stone is that what they're called yeah the chaos (laughs) the chaos crystals back where like right where you took them from um but in that one timeline where uh loki takes the uh, blue glowing square uh that has now permanently changed that timeline and so that's going to lead into his his tv show and I think it's going to – they're going to take these little things that they've done. And I, I'm sure that there's a ton of stuff that has happened in that movie that we haven't noticed, right, that they're going to play on in future movies or yeah. TV shows and stuff like that. And, like, there's part of me that's like, okay, so the Captain America thing at the end where he went back in time and hid – in plain sight, and that like there's all these things on the internet saying like he was Peggy Carter's secret husband, and that like he she claimed that she was married, and in 
um, Captain America Civil War and Captain America the Winter Soldier. There was only photos of her children on the, the bedside at the hospital, but never pictures of her husband because she didn't want Steve to see that that was her, like he was her husband in the past, which is just crazy mindfuckery. But do you think that they like did that on purpose? Possibly. Maybe. Doubt it. Who knows? They've never identified her husband, though. Well, lots of people have absent husbands. And then, <laughs> like, there, there were some really cool callbacks to the comics and, like, that controversial comic that dropped two years ago. Which one was that one? Where Captain America joins Hydra. Oh, yeah. Hail but Hydra. Now, yeah, they live in a world now where, like, Rumlow thinks he's Hydra. Oh yeah, that's true. Um, can can we talk about my the favorite hammer? thing in the the whole movie? Uh, is it mel- melted ice cream? No, uh, Fat Thor. Melted ice cream. Is that what that? Oh, I must have. Ro- Rocket said he looks like melted ice no. cream. Fat Thor is the greatest thing to happen to the entire Marvel universe ever in the history of movies. But get this, people online took to the Twitters and were complaining about it, saying that they were fat shaming and all this stuff. You know what, people on the Twitters? No, they were not. Fat Thor was hilarious. And they didn't make fun of him. Well, like, okay, Rocket made fun of him because he was fat. But that's Rocket's character. Is that the right name, the raccoon? Is it Rocket? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Sorry, I've got the hiccups all of a sudden. Um, that's his character though. He's always made fun of people for everything. So the fact that he's making fun of Thor for being fat, that's totally in his character. He's kind of an asshole. Everyone else is looking at Thor and being like, oh man, you got to pull yourself together, right? Like they, I think they really addressed correctly how someone is dealing with you know, grief. extreme grief and PTSD. Like he isolates himself, turns to drinking, you know, and stays playing inside, Fortnite. Play, plays video games. Yeah, that's like the worst part of it all. Fortnite. Um, oh, but like but that did, scene with him and Korg is just amazing. Yeah, they they didn't make fun of the fact that he was fat just for being fat. You know, like he didn't get lazy. He was dealing with his own problems, and I think they did it that in a very in a in a good way yes it was funny but it was funny because it was so unexpected yeah he he like it was kind of a nod to like alcoholism too right like it was just like yeah he hit the bottle hard yeah like okay like you know that they're going to new asgard and you're like oh yes thor the god of thunder and then uh the that girl or whatever She's like, oh yeah, he. We see him like once every few months for supplies, and then they show oh, all Valkyrie. The, yeah. yeah, they show all the beer kegs, and you're like, okay, cool, this guy's drinking. But like, you don't make the connect. Like, you just think, oh yeah, he's drinking a lot, whatever. But you don't think that he's turned into like this fat hermit. So like the first time you see him, and he's like super excited to see them and stuff like that, and he's not, he's not like in his right in that moment in his like self pity almost you know what i mean 
Yeah. Like he's just excited to see his friends again. But then it's as the conversation goes on that you can really see that he's dealing with a lot of stuff. And they tell him like, look, like we need your help. Rocket's like, oh, okay, yeah, you're fat. But, you know, Hulk is like, you look like you helped me uh, or like I helped you. Like we like we need to help each other again. So I think they did that in a very good in a tasteful tasteful way like yes okay they did make fat jokes sure but i think that was part of keeping it not like the marvel movies have always been known to throw in jokes randomly right like and a lot of times they come when you don't expect it like there's no like real lead up like in a traditional joke like a lead up to the punchline it just kind of happens organically and i think with fat thor it they did that. And then and they, I they like did how he properly, was, I thought yeah. too. And I like how he was fat through the entire movie, but it also didn't stop him from being Thor. Right. Like they could have, they could have really made it be like, Oh, like we're going to run. And then he's like, okay guys, I'm out of breath. Right. No, he was just as capable as the rest of the Avengers. And I think that is what people are kind of missing. Yeah, they, they, they look at it and they're like, oh, fat shaming. They make the fat jokes. They're blah, 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 blah. I'm angry. Uh, my I feel personally attacked. Uh, but nowhere once in that movie did they make him less capable than he would have been if he was Thor from the previous movie. He was also still fairly OP. Um, he, he still has the or had the uncanny ability to kind of like <clears throat> rally the troops the scene where he calls upon the lightning before they have that that final battle with thanos is just unbelievably epic he also like there, there was one part um when they were in old asgard and he like goes and talks to his mother and <laughs> his mother is like up oh, your time traveling get dummy yeah. And then, then he summons Mjolnir, which people were like, oh, how come he was able to bring that from the past? And, well, Captain America took it back to the future, or back to the past. But he summoned that hammer, and he was just like, I'm still worthy, which was huge, because he didn't feel as if he was worthy of holding that hammer anymore, because he let his his friends down, his family down, his world down. So, I mean, that was kind of cool. And speaking of the hammer, there I know you were asking me about it the other day. And yeah, I teach kinda me. Like, so th- it's a callback to Age of Ultron, first and foremost, when they're all sitting around the table and trying to lift the hammer. Yeah, and, and Captain America's trying to lift it. And it nudges, but then Vision at the end of the movie can lift it. And he's like, wow, it's terribly balanced. He's like, yeah, you really put the swing in it. And they're like playing with it, and it's really funny. So... The the way I kind of see it is Captain America wasn't worthy of the hammer because Tony, one of his closest friends, even throughout conflict, he held the biggest secret possible away from him by saying, like, he never told Tony that um, Bucky um, assassinated his parents. And when he finally kind of let that free and they duked it out and then they kind of like 
decided to live amicably but apart. That was kind of him like redeeming himself, right? So, wait, when did that he... happen in Civil War? Yeah. Okay. So that happened, and then they reconciled all their differences at the in the middle of Endgame, which made Steve Rogers worthy of picking because he was like he had nothing to hide, he had nothing left behind him. It was all moving forward. He had to do this for the world, um, but it was it's because he's worthy of it. And then when he picked up that hammer, like when that hammer flew, you're like, oh my god, who threw it? Who threw it? Like, and some people are like, oh shit, did Vision come back? That'd be sweet because Vision could use the hammer, right? Or did Thor just call it? But when he called it, it like flew weird. But then it flew backwards, and then you see Captain catch it, and you're just like, holy shit, holy shit, holy shit. Well, I was like, huh? And then you were asking about the lightning because you were like, oh, is he just Thor now? No, the in Thor Ragnarok, Odin in a vision tells Thor that the hammer just focuses power. It can conjure lightning and focus power, but Thor is the god of thunder. He can just make lightning come out of his his body if he wants. Okay, so the so if if anyone wields the hammer they can use the hammer to control lightning. Yeah, it's like a lightning rod. Okay, okay, gotcha. Okay, makes perfect sense now. Yeah, well, you're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> um, but, like, that whole fight sequence between the three, like, main Avengers, especially after, like, because the Hulk's just buried underground with Ant-Man, and, like, they're they're just going at it, and one by one they're getting defeated, and then Captain gets hit. And he goes down, his shield's broken, and you're just like, oh, my God, what's going to happen? And then you hear Sam come up on the, the mic. He's like, on your left, from, again, it, or, um, the Winter Soldier. And then all of a sudden, the portals start opening up. And you just see the – like, I'm getting goosebumps talking about the scene. You, get, you see all the characters kind of come out. You see Pepper in her rescue armor. You see Valkyrie and the Asgardians come through with Korg. So I'm confused about that pepper though, because she's she wasn't snapped. So what pepper pots is that from? Is that the one that was living in their shack somewhere else? Yeah. And so she pepper just, she just joined in on that battle. Yeah. Well, she like that battle happened at Avengers. Like th- that's the weird thing because the lighting changes so drastically. Right? Like, everything explodes, but, the, like, the sky changes color, which is kind of weird. Um, but, yeah. So, Pepper's just, I guess, in the area. But she has rescue armor that Tony made for her, which was the joke. Is like, uh, where'd you find that? Oh, in the garage. Well, doesn't matter because mommy never wears stuff that I buy her. She had that armor. She's used the armor before in Iron Man 3. It's... It was kind of a, a nice callback, and you got to see them fight together just before Tony ultimately sacrificed himself, and that was awesome. Like, you, you think, like, Captain Marvel, who's just been MIA all movie, comes in, destroys a ship with her bare hands. She's like, fuck you, ship! Starts punching the crap out of this ship, blows it up, and then comes down and fights Thanos, and Thanos actually has to take one of the Infinity Stones off his glove to punch her in the face. Like he has to use the power stone against her, which was crazy. I'm, and then I'm, I'm glad that uh, that was pretty much it for 
Captain Marvel, though. Yeah, she had like 16 minutes of uh, screen time. Yeah, I'm I'm glad of that because she's like OP, right? So she's OP now, but she's not going to be when it. A lot of people think it to be like Kang the Destroyer. I think that's his name, Kang the. I just know him as Kang. He's green and purple. Kang the. What the hell is that guy's name? Kang the Conqueror. So a lot of people think he'll be kind of the next Marvel baddie, which is a little bit more lined up and like Adam Warlock and stuff is going to be involved in there as well. The the weird thing about her as like and I like I liked it. She only had like 18 minutes of screen time, but they shot her Infinity War scenes before they shot a lot of her movie. So I know you haven't seen Captain Marvel, but she becomes very quirky and like lovable. So it's it's different kind of because like I appreciate her because of the movie that I saw beforehand, but she's not that person yet, which is weird because I was in the past. She just didn't have enough time to create the character and make her her own. Um, just quickly, like the the whole reveal that, like obviously we haven't gone over some of the other stuff. Like Tony totally creates another Infinity Gauntlet that the Hulk can use to snap everybody back into existence. Um, and then he also has an infinity gauntlet in his suit, in his nanotech suit. And that scene was just like the theater I was in when in like went apeshit when that happened. Really? Yeah. That People, scene like, made sounds. Oh yeah. Like there was a lot of cheering in my theater. Weird. What? You were in a quiet movie theater? Yeah. Cause we were watching the movie. Oh, man, people, so that was a big one. Thor getting the hammer was a huge one. Um, there there was a few big scenes where people were like, yeah, oh, my God, blah, blah, blah. Like, obviously, when you're in a movie and a joke happens and everybody laughs, you're going to hear that, right? Yes. And, but, like, when Tony did the, the final snap, it was just, it was crazy. And then um, when you watch the credits... And it did, like, it just showed all the Avengers and that were in the movie, which I thought the credits on this one were really well done. And then it went to, the, like, the main six, and they had, like, their own full-screen title cards with their first, like, clips from each of their movie type of thing. Mm-hmm. And it got louder and louder. So, like, Chris Evans was pretty loud. And then people were actually, like, like that clip that's circulating the internet, people were going crazy for Robert Downey Jr., it was it was yeah, he, he remarkable. He made, he made Disney what, a hell of a lot of money. Yeah, and he also made a ton of money. Yeah, did you see his contract? Fifteen million plus two or five percent of no two percent. Two percent. Two point five maybe? There was a five there somewhere. Oh. Yeah, he's loaded. I wish and I could have some of it'll, that. It'll, it'll be for a long time. Yeah. I think it's cool that they they started this Marvel universe with Tony Stark and they ended it with Tony Stark. Well, this phase, yeah, cuz the but next But you know phase... what I mean? Like this like the yeah, the next phase is like meh, whatever, it doesn't matter right now. <laughs> but like the the from the last 10 years started and ended with the same character. And I think that was uh, interesting. Now, I have to admit I am disappointed that there won't be an Iron Man 4. Maybe I'll just cut all the parts of Iron Man out of every other movie that he's been in that, and then just try and make a movie myself. 
<laughs> be great. Okay. How's that going to uh, happen? I'll do it myself. And okay. I'll call it Iron Man 4. Iron Man 4? The discombobulation. So uh, I have a theory about that. Just, like, maybe not Iron Man 4 directly. But what if Tom Holland took over the Iron Mantle? I know We know he's a Spider-Man, but some people don't think he's the Peter Parker that everybody wants. Everybody likes what is Spider-Man. Peter pa- what is the Peter Parker that everyone wants? I think everybody liked Tobey Maguire's Peter Parker. Yeah, he's the best. I think he's the best Spider-Man. And Andrew Garfield was just useless at everything. Yeah. So, where I'm, I'm looking at it now is we just saw the trailer. There was a reason the Russos put a spoiler ban of today. Spider-Man um, Far From Home got its first real trailer. Not that trailer they showed us like a while ago, which just made you speculate on Endgame things. Although you speculated Tony was already deceased based on the scene that we saw. Just because you're like, oh, well, it's Happy and Pepper. Where's Tony? Blah, blah, blah. Um, And then you see that Avengers trailer where you see like Tony holding the picture of him and Peter. But... I'm wondering if, because they've made a few jokes about him being the next Iron Man, maybe the Iron Spider kind of becomes like an Iron Man, and they bring up this whole idea that they've been toying with of Miles Morales. Now I know Into the Spider Verse or Into the Spider Verse did the Miles Morales Spider Man, and they did it very well. But if the MCU wanted to capitalize on that as well, they could move Peter Parker into Iron Man's role. He already has a good relationship with Pepper and Happy. You could easily make an Iron Man 4, um, the birth of Peter Parker or something like that, and just have it like completely different. It would it, suck. I don't think so. I think... Because it's not like, Tony Stark. Yes, I get that, and I understand <sighs> that. But what if... Hold on. I have this other theory from the movie. Now, I need you to use your remembering brain, okay? Okay. You ready? Yep. We're going to go on a trip. So when Tony and Captain, or Steve went back in time to the military base, mm-hmm. right? And Tony sees his dad. Mm-hmm. What's the other character you remember seeing there in the car? Jarvis. Yes. Did you know Jarvis was Tony's father's um, butler? No. Did anyone? I, I didn't know that. I mean, I've read a lot of comics and I might have forgot, but I didn't remember that at all. So... It made me kind of think. Tony created Jarvis as an AI, right? Or did Howard create Jarvis as an AI? So then, did Tony preemptively know, like when he recorded those messages for Morgan and Pepper, did he download his likeness to be an AI for another Iron Man suit? Where Disney could then turn around... And be like, oh, we brought him right back into the movie. You know? Like, now now they can bring Robert Downey Jr. in for cheaper because all they have to do is use his voice. This is what I'm thinking. Yeah, you've lost me. I'm thinking that Tony Stark maybe somehow recorded his likeness to be the AI. Kind of like they do with Armin Zola in um, Spider-Man. The Winter Soldier and how Jarvis became an AI. So 
doesn't Tony Stark take over Nick Fury's job and yes. run the So what if here's another crazy theory. He you know that that um hologram message that he played or he recorded for his yeah. family. What if he takes over as controlling uh the Avengers as the AI but like holographic which could also be cool. I would I would allow that to happen in my would you? my dreams. Oh, I don't know when this wiki was updated, but it says was originally Tony Stark's natural language user interface computer system named after Edwin Jarvis the butler who worked with Tony Stark or worked with Howard Stark over time he upgraded into an artificial intelligence system. This has to be updated recently because how do people know that? Nobody knows that. <laughs> yeah, like I'm just I'm looking at the origin and there is no origin. So it's obviously this has been updated recently. So it's really tough to really say who knew and who didn't. I'd be interested to find out because I think that's really neat and important and impactful to the story. But I'm also very interested to see now what happens and where things go. Because the this is supposed to be the epilogue. Or, yeah, like the, the final chapter of the phase, right? Like Spider-Man's mm-hmm. closing it out. So Really? So Spider-Man is like the last of this phase, yeah. Okay. It's closing it out. Like, it literally starts off with everywhere I go, I see him. Um, and we think Mysterio... He's a good guy. I think he's a villain because he was a villain in the cartoons. You just you just never know. Yeah, um, I, 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 it'll be interesting to see this. I'm I'm excited for it because I I really did like um, Spider-Man: Homecoming. Yeah, uh, it'll be interesting to see how they how they uh, or if they touch on all of the students being snapped away because it seems kind of weird because it just takes place what like a few months after uh well potentially no it happens almost immediately after but it's five years after they left like that whole school got snapped out of existence and for those people it was only five like five six hours so society essentially has crumbled right and they come back and they're like, oh, shit, what had happened? Right. And now they're going on a school trip to Europe and Europe is completely fine and everything there's fine. So, like, it, it's just kind of, like, weird. Like, I I feel like it, they, they have to do something to address that issue. And I, I think they're going to do that fairly soon, I would assume. Um, unless, like, they were to make the movie take place, like, two or three years after. Which still isn't enough time to rebuild whole societies, but it would be more believable than like, oh, okay, welcome back to school, everyone. Uh, I know it's been five years. It's only felt like five seconds. Uh, We're going to go on a school trip to Europe now. Take your permission slips home and get your parents to sign them. Peter, uh, you can get your aunt to sign it because we know your parents are dead. And so is Tony. 
Right? So I, I feel like they need to address that. I hope they do. I think the movie will still be good anyways because, like, minus minus Tony Stark. Unless there's a, a secret hidden Tony Stark hologram. Like a message that leads, for Peter. leads into Iron Man 4. We we have no idea. Um, we will we'll be exploring it. July 4th. It, yeah, we will be exploring it further. We do anticipate another trailer to drop soon. Plus, we might actually see a little bit more information in the coming days uh, about the trailer, especially with the spoiler ban, and we can't wait to talk to you about it more. Um, also, um, keep in mind, we are now one month away from the video game endgame, if you will, um, as E3 is fast approaching. So we will make sure that we are keeping you up to date with all the latest and greatest in that as well. Do you have anything to add? Um, no. No. Wow. As always, we are very thankful for having you guys with us. We're excited to have you on board each and every week. If you like what you're listening to, obviously come back. If you don't like it, well, please come back anyways because we'd be nothing (laughs) without you. Yeah, we Um, need you guys. For myself and David, thank you for listening, of course. And we will see you guys next week on Scene on Screen.